0: It's basketball time
1: at the Cube. Is there anything you picked up on as far as leadership? Obviously, now you do have some vets, whether it's Rajan Rondo, Ed Davis, Kevin Love. Are there any leadership tactics you picked up from them or asked them
0: about how you can implement? I think one area that I grew in was just communicating. Um, I know my first and second year I wasn't really talking as much, but now starting to just grow into my role and just really started to communicate with the guys and try to put them in the right spots and just try to make them be successful. Rock chemistry. Rock chemistry. Follow, me. Rock Follow me into a solo. Get in the- flow and you could picture like a photo music mix mellow maintains to make melodies for mcs motivates to pranks some everlasting i can go on for days and days with rhyme displays that engraved deep as x-rays i, I like to have a little bit of, of show time cool. in my game a lot of lobs you probably see this year uh um, a little bit of handle i mean it's just there's some little stuff that's on the court that I think a lot of people gravitate to I think one area that I grew in was just communicating um I know my first and second year I wasn't really talking as much but now Started to just growing into my role and just really started to communicate with the guys and try to put them in the right spots and just try to make them be successful.
2: Rubber rim job, episode six. Boys are right back at it. I feel like we were just uh, in front of this microphone a couple of days ago. Jig and Rich, the original home team. How you doing today, Jig?
1: I'm doing, I'm doing, man. I'm, I'm really excited to be back. It, it, it was right before the uh, Hawks game that we were last on. So Holy it's been shit.
2: that's been a September, minute. <laughs> December December thirty
1: first. It was a, it was yeah. It was yeah, last it's season sometime. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: How's your how's your weather up there treating you in the in the, the hills up there?
1: Fourteen inches of snow. Four instances of shoveling and a uh I'm thirty eight now, man. I remember when I first moved out here to Western PA. Sure. It's twenty-eight years old. I told my wife, I don't need a snowblower. I said, I don't need a snowblower because I like shoveling. I like shoveling. I like pushing that lawnmower. It's good for me. I like the workout. I like the exercise. I like the sweat. It's twenty-eight. Thirty-eight. I get these weird ass injuries. I got I got you know, I got hair on my triceps. I got hair in my nose. I got hair in my ears. And I get these Weird injuries in all those areas now, right? Like I come out of these, I come out of these this stuff, and I, I got like a a pinched deltoid.
2: A pinch I got deltoid. like a,
1: <laughs> I got, you know, pollen in my ears. I got like a like an injured nose cartilage, and I got all this shit. Like I'm coming out like into the house, and my wife's <laughs> like, "Oh, are you still excited about uh pushing all that uh pushing that lawnmower? Are you still excited about doing all that snow?" And I'm like, "I'm gonna pay somebody to do this shit. I'm done with it." <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, sorry about that. There, um, we've been talking. What, about ab- asking me? Oh yeah, no, about getting out there and getting hurt because I actually, um, we've got a kid here in my subdivision who he's a hustler, man. This kid, I think he's like a junior, I and love those kids. man, he's like a junior in high school, but he's on it. So like, the minute that a, a piece of snow dropped here in Nashville, he's running around <laughs> telling everybody, "Hey, I I'll, love that kid. I'll knock that house out for you. I'll, I'll be right over there." Um, he, yep. he comes around weekly and does the grass. Like it's like 20 bucks. I don't have to touch it. Um, so, so yes. I love that kid. Seriously. And I, and yes. then at Christmas time, they gave us like these hot chocolate bomb things, you know, like him and his, him and his mom. I'm like, this kid is going to be a great business owner someday. Like yes. this kid gets it. You know, he, he, he understands. Yep. Um, so yeah, no, sorry about that. We talk a lot about, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we talk a lot about uh, hitting the gym and trying to stay in shape and stuff and a couple of years ago uh this stuff is called velvet antler have you ever heard of that
1: Pip on our on RCF <laughs> has has made like some very odd posts about that stuff to the extent that I thought it was a joke is that a real thing
2: Yeah so I haven't seen those posts I had no idea uh Pip is is one of my kindred spirits so I would expect this but um I was I, I'm in a basketball league here for old men it's literally called the old men's league and, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm. We all get up there and we take turns every week, letting each other feel like we're still in our heyday. Okay. And uh, there's been a couple weeks where we go a little too hard. You know, like there's like everybody's got their favorite college teams and stuff. So like, you know, there's a there's a Duke guy there. I'm a North Carolina guy, and if he's the captain of his team, we go hard at it. Like this is the this is the rivalry. One okay. of those weeks, I couldn't get up the next day after uh, yeah, team team course. Richfield killed team Duke over there. Right. And uh, I was looking online and a friend of mine said, try this velvet antler stuff. Get on Amazon. It's there by like four o'clock. Okay. About an hour or so later, all of that soreness and pain was gone. So I don't know what this, I, I should probably look into this and make sure it's okay because I've used it religiously since then.
0: What
1: form does it come in? Like, like how does one take it?
2: Uh, I, I think it comes in capsules. It comes in the little, um, you know, like you can take the uh, eyedropper and just drop it underneath your tongue. I got it with the eyedropper, and an hour after I, you know, put a couple of drops under my tongue, like th- that soreness is gone. It's, it's like it takes away the post-workout soreness, and you're supposed to use it before, so you don't even have to worry about it. But that's really fast. Yeah, and I don't, I'm I pray that I'm not like uh, pushing some witch hazel type of stuff that somebody somebody on the board is going to take and then fall out. Hopefully, Well, do, you know, that's where we just do
1: like a quick, uh, you know, we're not, we're not doctors. Right. We're the, not proud. Yeah. The
2: opinions of Richfield on rubber rim job are not to be taken. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. talk Consult your medical guy before. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Neither, neither on one something. of
1: us are in any kind of position to absolutely to push not deer antler.
2: Uh, but Pip is on to something velvet antler. If you, you know, look into it, I don't know what all the nutritional things are, but it works okay. like really quickly. Okay. So. okay. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. So we we just talked about the kid uh running around cutting grass and stuff and uh in the same vein, we've got this kid who's grown up right before our eyes on the basketball court. Like this Transition City. <laughs> we got to we got to come up with a sound effect for that cuz you always give me props. Damage did it too. Damage actually outdid me with transitions. Um he was like he was killing it and I, I didn't have the the jig hype uh sound effects. But this kid is—he's um, running around the the in the league with his with his lawnmower and his shovel. He he's uh it doesn't matter. Awesome. Yeah, he's going from Dejounte Murray's house, knocks out his snow. He goes to Kevin to uh, Kyrie's house, got Kyrie looking like uh, a great value version of Darius Garland. This episode, I wanted to start off. Oh, and then this morning we all wake up on the board, and he is throwing uh, a oop to the the entire rcf community in the form of we want to win without lebron i love that I, i'm gonna put some sound effect clap in here because this kid like if people who weren't believers like x they're like i love this kid as of today
1: that's my favorite that's yeah. my favorite thing i i wanted to see him uh win without man, lebron
2: man so uh, i wanted to show him some love on this episode as we prepare for this next uh, string of games uh where are you at? How are you feeling right now? How, how up-to-date are you on this kid's ascension?
1: Up-to-date. Very up-to-date. I'm um, I i I'm loving seeing the Steve Nash comparisons in the media. We've seen them. Man. You're the you're the first person I ever saw make the comparison, to be Thanks. real. Thanks, Jig. You always we're seeing him. show me some we're love s- there. I'll show you some love. We're seeing them on the board now. And now we're seeing the comparisons in the media. Man. Um, you'll see him in comment sections. You see him all over the place. That's that's the comp, right? I mean, because you see him running into the lane. You'll see him get under the basket. You'll see him dish. Dude's into the double-digit assist range on a regular basis. Wow. Uh, you know, in January, you know, he's he's up in the 10s. You know, he, he had that game where he had 18 assists, right? It's not all, you know, we don't want to do all counting stats, right? You want right. to think about his usage. Heavy usage, man. He's got the ball in his hands a lot. But – he can play off ball a little bit, man. You know, if you get him the ball, he will splash that
2: three. He um, is literally the offensive engine. Like no understating that. Like he's
1: he he is, but he's a good leader and dude. He has. I've seen this on the board too. He has fun playing basketball, man. Yes, he does. He I mean, he this has kid. fun playing basketball. The dude's got a smile on his face. It's it's fun to watch this team playing basketball, but it's fun to watch him playing ball. Um, we are we're watching this dude ascend you can see that the uh, team is doing it with him um and given your comment on snow earlier
2: how about ice freezing up Kyrie Irving Uh, man (laughs) do you know while I'm watching these games anytime something good happens with the coral first thing I'm thinking about is is jig is going to show those quads some love he dude in both in uh, both games um the Spurs game and then the Brooklyn game uh, he he kind of felt his way through that matchup, SGA and Kyrie Irving, so that by the fourth quarter, he was like, I'm shutting this off. Man, it was amazing to watch him work as a perimeter defender at the end of that game.
1: I like SGA a lot. Um, uh, um, he went up against some pretty serious so, – so the last show you guys did was three games ago, so it's been Spurs, oh, Thunder, Nets, Um He's gone up again over that road trip. They went up against some serious teams and they only lost against the Warriors, right? Right. Um. He went up against some serious point guards. He shut their water off. He froze them. He froze that water. Did nice.
2: SGA, uh, Murray, um, DeJounte, DeJounte Murray, Fox. And then, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, back in Sacramento. So, like this kid, he, what has he been back like six or seven games now? and yeah yeah it's literally we're watching him because there's there's a lot of discussion right now about uh you know there's been rumors with a coral potentially availability and this morning i want to say amic or somebody like that came out with one that was like yeah teams are actually saying a coral and love are not readily available um but there's you know wherever you fall at on that um my boy i'm a I reference him every show so we're gonna have to call him and bring him in. My boy Rich is like like literally get this guy out of here. he's not untradable. but I fall firmly on in the middle of all this and I'm loving watching him develop. I like I feel like he has game changing perimeter defense and he's shown it over this last three games and this gauntlet he's gone through loving the kid.
1: I love those. Yes, and I love those two dunks. I mean, I I love. He 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 had a real. He just he really uh, ripped one uh, a little bit earlier in that Nets game. Um, but but man, I mean, he finished that game off when Kyrie slipped, and then that was awesome. um, he, I mean, he just he finished the game off against the Nets, um, which was really cool. You like to see guys get rewarded with with plays like that. You do, like like when he. It was like that Hawks dunk too, because you know that that just builds these guys' confidence. They get Man. that hype in the media. And you all that mean the the stuff.
2: Rockets dunker?
1: That was the Rockets. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. That yeah. was the Rockets dunk. Because I, I, you, you, know, damn well these guys like that hype. Absolutely. As <laughs> cool as cool as it is for you know people to be sitting and talking about his perimeter D and all that kind of stuff, sure. like, do all these guys want to be PJ Tucker? or you know Bruce Bowen? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that's kind of a cool role to play if you can do it for fifteen years. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I also think some of these guys want to be in there and just, just absolutely rip a dunk, you know, and just posterize these guys. And, um, I think, uh, it's nice to see a get a couple of these in there, but especially to finish off that Rockets or that Nets game
2: with that. It really is. Um, absolute dunk was awesome. Yeah, that was, I mean, the entire play, like you could play it and, and we might just throw it in here. You could play it from uh, the beginning of the next possession all the way through him finishing that. Like, yep. he had his hand on every element of that game-sealing play. And one of the things I love the And the, the possessions most, before. Yeah, yeah. No, he did. That entire quarter. I don't remember. I don't have the stats really available, but each one of those fourth quarters where we talked about he shut those dudes' waters off, you can look and he shut those dudes' waters off. But and, um, one of the things I love and that I'm seeing with this group is they're quick to show each other some love on social media, right? Yep. Like <laughs> yep. on Twitter, on Instagram. Like I didn't realize how active they were until uh, Brandon Goodwin really kind of, you know, he kind of looped me in on Twitter because this dude is active on Twitter. Like he's, yes. he's becoming a cult hero for this, for this team on Twitter. And so I made an entire Twitter list of just the players and these dudes are, Like, within an hour after the game, I guess they're in the locker room, you know, showering and pulling out their phones and stuff. Kevin Love is on there showing everybody love. Like, I don't care who you are, what – like, he's tweeting the All-Star things every game, but then he also hops on these kids' highlights and he's showing them love. And uh, the rest of the group is is just lifting up ice. They're like, man, like, Mm -hmm. you know, he posts – he sometimes posts highlights where he's, you know, putting up his defensive plays and stuff like that. And you'll see Mobley on there with, his, with these eye emojis, like yeah, I like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, their synergy is is so crazy, and the catalyst of all of that, I believe, is our boy DG the PG. I'm loving it.
1: I'm loving it too, man. I, I think that uh, it was really nice to see you know S- you know Stevens come fill in. He's been very encouraging. Is is a, a guy that's kind of popped in and filled in a little bit. Good, I mean, Goodwin's kind of been found money, right? right. Um, popping in there and, and and you know putting in some work. Um, he's going to stick, right?
2: Yeah, no, he's he's locked in for the rest of the year at, on a two-way contract, but... Uh, two-way? Yeah. Even though he's on a two-way, you've got to believe he's uh, firmly ahead of uh, your favorite... mr <laughs> Mr. Cavs. Mr. Cavs. Um, so Cavs, Cavs. Yeah, no, he's in there, uh, depending on what's going to shake with uh, Rondo's hamstring. A good one has been... He's been solid. Goodwin's been solid since. Rondo he's been solid,
1: that. man. I'm I'm looking at his numbers right now, and just from having watched him too. I, historically, his three-point shooting is not what it has been. I mean, right. he he's been hitting a three or two a game. That's that's not going to continue. I wouldn't right. think. But right. with the hustle and just getting out there and playing and energizing guys, I don't see any reason why that wouldn't continue. That that should. But Rondo's going to get those minutes. He's going to get back out there and eat up those minutes, um, which he should. Uh sure. that, that's that's what he does. Uh how many minutes per game? I'm not
2: hundred percent sure. Twenty five? Uh not even that. Um Garland uh, we need to scale Garland's minutes back, but I think Garland right now is averaging like thirty eight or thirty nine, you know. Um how many does Rondo get? How many do we think? I'm thinking twenty twenty-five okay. for Rondo. You Got think it. less? Somewhere in that in that area. Uh, okay, good yeah, enough. We can go twenty twenty-five. I agree with
1: that. Um I it's I will say this. I went back and I looked, and that injury uh, to Rubio happened on December 28th against New Orleans. Yes, sir. They had that little streak right afterwards of losses, and then they immediately um, picked it up with a win. Then they got knocked down by Memphis, who's one of the best teams in the league. Man. And then, man, they just picked it right up where they left off.
2: One, two, three, four. They're seven of eight with the only loss being that Warriors game in between.
1: That's crazy, man. Man. They, these guys have it, they just have it together. This is just a team, man. And it's been all these guys guy these guys have just been jumping in and contributing. Um, love has dropped off a little bit. He's taken a couple less threes per game and his rebounding's dropped off a little
2: bit. Sure. And he he I mentioned on the board in one of the game threads. Because um, his resurgence has been, it's, it's been warming the heart. You know, I'm gonna give yeah. I'm gonna give Randolph some love here because Randolph never wavered from this guy. He didn't. He didn't waver even he when didn't. there were times where he was, you know, justifiably getting killed on the board uh, for some of his, you know, like the whatever. Uh, sure. Rand, Randolph was still like, sit tight, puppies. Like, like he's coming back home to us. Like, I I know where his heart is at. Give him a chance to grow, kind of thing. And uh, he's delivering for him, so I want to I want to give some love to Randolph Keys for that. But uh, more recently, I sat on the board. I was like, man, every time he either has a turnover or misses a shot, he's throwing his hands up and talking to the refs, like, "Come on, Kev, like get back on board." Um, and so, hopefully, because uh, uh, we've got we've got Kevin Light over there and and Wade, who's totally out of the rotation right now. Um, but Kevin. Yeah. Love offers so much, man. Like when he's got it going, like it looks like if Love and and Darius got it going, we're unbeatable. Like, so uh, you hope that he's not necessarily hitting a middle of the winter, I'm old as hell wall. Um, But so. He
1: might might be hitting a brief lull just because (laughs) the thing that's down, there's a couple of things that have been down with him. His his rebounding has been down, and he's taken a couple less threes per game. Um,
2: I would guess he'll probably pick it back up. Sure. Can we say this? Because uh, uh, it seemed that he was uh, lockstep tied to Rubio in regard to, That's you know, true. he got, he got used to what Rubio was doing. They were, they were, you know, and when it comes to vets, especially, you know, uh, That's like for, for you, if you, you know, you shovel one day and you go out a couple of days later and your, your <laughs> driveway's a little bit longer, it's going to take a while for you to adjust That's to that, you, could, you know? it's a good point. Um, That's so, a good point. Yeah, Kev is like, you know, I hit the I hit the ice bath at a certain time. I have my uh my oatmeal at a certain you know, my pre whatever it is that he's doing to keep those joints running and stuff at 30, what is he, 35, 34, 35.
1: Um something like that. Yeah. Yep. So 33.
2: He's 33. Okay. There's an adjustment that that had to happen for him as well. We talked about the the Rubio injury on the 28th. So p- possibly Kev is adjusting here. Um I'm I'm going to I'm going to take the the uh, Randolph approach to this and bet that uh, as the All-Star break closes in on us, Kev will round back around to what he was doing early season. So
1: I, I think what's probably going to happen is, come All-Star break, what's likely to happen is he's probably going to have one of these other NBA players hand him a little bit of deer antler in the <laughs> locker room, deer well, velvet. Well played, velvet antlers. Well He'll start chugging that down and just pop out of the <laughs> locker room, you know, like Randy Savage style, and just just come out just uh, I love it. destroying. Wait, He might even
2: pump up that. I'm actually going to insert this here. Did you hear Bart Scott on uh, Covering Football? No. On uh, Good Morning Something right before one of the playoff games. Uh, they were preparing for Josh Allen and the Bills to play against uh, the Patriots. And early in the morning, uh, they were doing this interview. It was uh, Lewis Riddick or whatever his name is. And a couple other people, uh, and a lady was there, the lady who's hosting the show. And they asked Bart Scott, uh, from, you know, the jets and the Ravens, all those kind yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Cause I've never liked that guy. Um, can't wait. Can't, oh my God. And they're, they're talking to him and he's like, you know what, you know what you need to do, Josh Allen, you need to get you some Viagra. You need to pop one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play the clip.
3: Josh Allen over the phone about how he's going to handle the cold weathers. Because here's the issue with Josh Allen. Over the last 15 years, he's the second worst completion percentage in the NFL in freezing temps. The guy hates the cold. He doesn't play well. And he says the reason is because he's got bad circulation. So his toes get cold. And as you know, with your can feet. I, can, I,
2: can I get you a suggestion for him? You want Josh me? Allen listening? Can people get this message to him? Agra take some viagra for the game baby gotta fit that circulation going right I, I don't so, know how to move uh, off of that. I don't
3: have any medical background, so I, can't, I don't really have
0: a, a response to that. But you you played, so there, you a must know of, something. I, I, a
2: lot of us take Viagra, right, because Viagra opens up the blood Wait, vessels.
0: Sir, sir, a lot of us take Viagra. What do you mean? A, a lot of, of, a
2: lot of NFL players, at least in my day, took Viagra because it opens up the blood vessels. A lot of endurance athletes, oh. because Viagra was first uh, a heart medicine, right? So it builds up circulation, which makes sure that it get the circulation to the feet. Okay. Oh uh, so, uh,
3: these statements have not okay. been uh, evaluated by. I was going <laughs> to go Buffalo Like just go wings extra hot But, but you know you seem to What, have a better swear, what not, were we talking about The thing is I don't think he's going to necessarily Be taking Viagra from what I could tell through the conversation He didn't share that with me But he did say he's going to be standing next to heaters When the defense is out to keep those toast It'll be hot
2: <laughs> Everybody froze Because it's live TV and uh, essentially, we need Bart Scott to reach out to Kevin and say, hey, hey. <laughs> this is like pregame that, that Scott did this? Yeah. Like, it was it was early in the morning right before the game. And uh, they Clearly, were, Josh Allen did. Josh Allen absolutely did. What was it, 41 to 17 or something crazy? Uh, yeah. But he was like, hey, you're a California boy or, you know, you're from somewhere else. You're not used to that cold weather. Your numbers are down whenever it's cold. Take this. He was like, players, we know this. And we always used to pop in the locker room. And the other players on the set were, uh, we looking like, uh, no, like, I don't know what this cat is talking about, but, um, so you're saying try the velvet antler first, Kev. And if that I, I'd, doesn't,
1: <laughs> I'd say go with that before you go with, uh, you know, going out there like rock hard. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, with basketball it's a little more, um, you know, football's tackle all that kind of stuff. Basketball, you know, you, you can't really hide that kind of, so we don't know yet, Kev. So, uh, Try the velvet antler first. There's no cups. Yeah, yeah. there's You're not, you're not, there's yeah, no cups not. to cover up. Yeah. So, uh, Dr. Bart Scott probably lost his uh, accreditation with that interview can't there. Can't
1: wait. <laughs> I'll always remember Bart Scott for Can't Wait. I, I don't, I, I don't, I can't even remember like what kind of what player was he was. T- I just remember him for that, Jeff. He
2: was, he was a tear. Um, yeah. No, he was, he was a tear. I hated playing uh, both Baltimore and the Jets whenever he was there because he, he was tough. He was like a watered down Vaughn. Miller um but anyway <clears throat> so yeah Kev let's go velvet antler had, let's do
1: it I had something I wanted to run by you Yes sir there, there was the um clip that they showed of uh Kyrie beefing with a fan who uh was on the sideline I, I we don't, I don't even know if we know what the uh, fan said to him but Kyrie said something to him like I brought you a championship and you're still uh you know giving me shit or whatever I
2: like that stuff. I do. Oh, you like him heckling the fan back? I do. I'm going to tell you why.
1: Me too. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why I like that stuff. I like that stuff because it's very WWE, and it's very Reggie Miller and Spike Lee. It's very Michael Jordan doing the shrug to Magic Johnson. LeBron got it with Chris Bosh's girlfriend. Absolutely. It's all the pageantry it's all the extracurriculars it makes things just a little bit extra it adds a little bit more to the game kyrie has kind of turned into this like weirdo like uh conspiracy theory villain absolutely like whether intentionally or unintentionally i, I don't understand what he's doing or why he believes the thing he be- things he believes He's an incredible player. Like, he did a 50-40-90 last year, like, kind of quietly. Sure. He's He's got some of the best handles I've ever seen in my entire life. He did help bring Cle- Cleveland to championship. But every time I see him play, I want to see the Cavs ram one down his throat.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And that kind of stuff just makes it a little bit actually. I want to see Darius Garland just just throw one up over his head and just see Jarrett just pound one down. I want to see him fall down. I want to see ice slam on him. Right. Just makes it a little bit extra.
2: And which makes, um, it, you're right. It adds the pageantry to it. It makes like what I just talked about with uh, at my old men's league, my my North Carolina Tar Heels against Duke. We we circled it on the calendar, and then we're like, we're going at it uh, when we play that day. Um, I I wish when I saw that clip, I wish that was somebody off the board. Like I was just like, please, you know, like let that be you know, stick boatman or (laughs) X or somebody like that. That's heckling him. And that this got picked up Mm -hmm. Um, because then I want to be able to, when he fell down and a coral, got that uh, game ceiling play. uh, Let's show that kid on the sideline, like hopping around, going crazy, getting some love, knowing that he got into Kyrie's head. I used to love um, this happened earlier in the uh, season here with Devin Booker. He was, uh, it happened like twice. He was getting heckled by somebody, but then mm-hmm. it also happened in the empty rap- Raptors arena, where the mascot yeah. is- <laughs> the mascot
1: was getting up on him and Booker complained about it. Dude, that's
2: what makes this sport so much better than like to me yes. than football yes. and baseball because yes, you know like it was it was few and far between. Like I remember when Albert Bell pointed the the fan out in the crowd and hit him with a uh, either a foul ball or home run. I can't remember what it was. Like I distinctly remember that because then Bell had to like reach out to the guy and like sign some stuff for him and stuff. Uh, in baseball, it happened. The, the dude at the, the Cubs stadium, when uh, he stole the, the, the ball from Moises, Alou. in, in baseball. Yeah. Barton. Yeah. Um, but in basketball, it's like every, any given night, this can happen. And because we're in such a social media, social influencing world, um, we get it like every, like we can get it any night, you know, like, and it can be anybody that's the random, you know, I checked to see what Brandon Goodwin says after games. And it's just, it's adding something back to the sport that we have really been missing, man. Yeah. Fans
1: were much more anonymous, you know, a long time ago. Like, like you they had to be like that weirdo, like I think he was a Clippers super fan or whatever that yeah, would like yeah. bounce around all over the arena. Or Clipper, there was like Clipper Daryl.
2: Clipper Daryl. Clipper
1: Daryl. Yeah. There's like Spike Lee. And then I don't know, maybe a handful of other weirdos that Jimmy were like super fans.
2: That dude that always wore that dark stuff, like the weird hat, and he looked like the Crip Keeper for all the Staples games. Like,
1: yeah. And then there was the <laughs> Cubs blue guy. If yeah, you if yeah. you ever went to Cubs games, there's very few guys now. Like everybody's a celebrity. Absolutely. Like nobody's not a celebrity. Like it's very easy to be known. Um. So so to me, it just it just makes it a little bit more fun. Like when things get like kind of out of hand. I don't like the stuff when guys are like overstepping their bounds at games and like really right. freaking players out. Taste, like I'm not into like,
2: that. do it within taste like and actually uh, because we're just we're just fans. We don't have to do the practice and all that stuff these guys are doing. We, we get way more opportunity to do this in a creative way. Right. Like we can do our right. research and do something really tasteful. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I see. i now
1: see. Oh, that's why Duke was, has always oh, been man. so great. They, they are. They <laughs> Those are, are smart kids. You know what I mean? So they're doing like clever stuff. I yeah. love that stuff.
2: So first and foremost, F that, like, uh, uh you know, you're going to show the camera and crazy some love you can, you, you can do that on, um, you know,
1: but well, I don't care. I got, I got no, uh, <laughs> I have no, uh, skin in that game. I've
2: actually been there and I was sitting in the nosebleeds. Uh, it, it was like, 2000. It, I don't know what it was. We actually did get the win, and um, that environment was so crazy, man. Like literally. When before, was this? Like what year? Um, it was, uh, it was right before our last title. Uh, I, it, it maybe five six years ago or so. Okay, got it. Um, it yeah, was, it was around fourteen fifteen. And okay, the floor shakes. Uh, those oh, yeah. those dudes are literally camping out in Crochet Kres- yep. Kres- or whatever you want to call it. Chesky, um, yeah, I'm, I, the last thing I'm gonna say about the Tar Heels and I'm gonna quickly change the topic because they are really making me sad with Hubert Davis mm-hmm. not coaching well um it, actually I'm just gonna change it because I'm about to get depressed like so <laughs> but yeah you can show the Cameron Indoor though you can show those guys a little bit of love because they they definitely I love that stuff yeah so no much. I love it and it's you and it's always tasteful uh it's usually sort of, yeah. It's
1: yeah they, they don't usually go too far. The worst I've ever seen is like making fun of like herpes and stuff like that. I, I don't usually see stuff <laughs> like murder related or anything like that. It's usually like somebody doing something clever and everybody right, getting on right. board with
2: that. Um, a couple places in the league that they're like, yeah, not that place. Uh, Utah, of course, they, they're, always, they're yeah, low, they always there, yeah, they got bad. a bad rat, man, <laughs> In Boston, those two places. Um, th- just recently they, uh, Bron and them, they went after Indiana. I didn't like that. Like, um, what happened? Uh, well, I guess some, I guess somebody in the crowd says something to Braun about his son. About son. His, like,
1: like they wanted him to die. Or yeah. Something.
2: That, that was dumb. Um, but I don't dig that. I don't dig that. That's not cool. But here's the thing that sucks about that. I've been to Conseco. I don't know what it's called now. Um, and I, I would say if they were, Passionate and it was tasteful, everything you know, but I don't want to discredit that one incident. But the places like Utah and Boston where it's happening all the time, sure. Um, just because Indiana is cornfield and so doesn't mean that those dudes are all racist. So, um, sometimes I would like for these you know dudes to, if they, you know, Westbrook's calling it out, Braun's calling it out, I get it, but like what Trey Young did in the garden last year where he took it, you know, like and he but he gave it right back, you know. Um, yeah. that's the kind of stuff Reggie used to take it all the time. Like what you, what you brought up Reggie and spike and he's doing the choke, you know, and that's oh, what everybody... I love that so much. <laughs> so uh, I love it. It's a part of the game and it's, it's something that I'm glad is back. And, uh, I hope we keep bringing it tastefully uh, Cleveland. So Garland talks about it during this interview and he's like, look, it feels so good to have a, this rocket mortgage rocking, you know, like he was like, from what I saw when I was watching these guys, I was like, okay. He's like, but then the first couple of years, you know, I'm losing yada, yada. yada. I don't have to paraphrase for him. Um, this guy just gets us, man. And I'm, I'm hopping around a little bit, but we're bringing it right back to him again. This guy gets us like, he's like saying that about, we don't have to have Bron to do it. And then showing the rock some love, man. That's like everybody on the board is thumping their chest. I don't think Chicago even knows what they got coming, but, uh, I'm looking forward to tonight for that.
1: So that's a big thing. Um, these guys grabbed a couple teams that, you know, if you look at the schedule and you see that they beat, like, some better teams, they they did grab some of these teams, like, missing better players or whatever. I don't care about Brooklyn. I don't care about Durant being out. That's still a great team, even without Durant. But, sure. like, the Jazz, like, had a, you know, they, they yeah. were missing, like.
2: Go White Whiteside.
1: Um, you know, top guy. Yeah. But, but the reality is, here's what I like seeing out of some of these wins. They They had some of these games where they let teams come back in. And, and it came down to the wire and they still found ways to win. Um, they, they've had some of these games recently where they've come back. they've had games where they've found different ways to win where they've right. hit threes towards the end of the game they've had big shots. they've just shown a lot of character. I really I really really appreciate that um, I, I'm just I'm, I'm really digging the way that they play man and, and it's very clearly sustainable basketball I agree. in my opinion. Um and I could just I'm telling you there's a lot of teams whose seasons would have fallen apart whenever they've lost whenever they had situations like they lost Mobley early in the season for a while, right. um they lost Rubio, there's been a lot of tipping there's a lot been a lot of potential tipping points for these guys sure and they just
2: kept it going they kept, kept it going I have to I have to co-sign that I'm gonna I'm gonna um, pull up the, the actual schedule here because there's a, so when Rubio, that, that Pelicans game when we lost Rubio, I think if I'm not mistaken, the very next game against the Wizards is when we lost Garland for They lost. Uh, yeah, yeah, they got but, smacked by the Wizards. Right, but I think that was the game where we lost them to, to the protocols, right? Like, so we went into that game with right. Pango starting and so the Wizards game, the Hawks game, and then we, we actually did beat the Pacers with Pangos as the starting point guard, so like that is like a microcosm, okay. you know, like to go through that first game after the Pelicans lost with the Wizards, and then the Hawks who got lucky without with, with, with us not having a point guard, um, and they looked like crap, by the way. But then yes. that very next game against the Pacers, we actually were able to steal that. Um, that may have been Goodwin's first game right there, and we were actually able to steal that one. You know, it was yeah, run, you know, run a lot of offense through Mobley in the high post and stuff. So, uh, I agree with you 100%. The adverse is the same. You know, like if you if you want to say, well, you know, the Utah or, you know, Brooklyn was without KD, you also have to say there's about five or six on our schedule you can directly point to and say, that team wouldn't have beat us. That Celtic game, they wouldn't have beat us if Garland played like 45 minutes that game. They wouldn't have beat us yep. if, if we had um, anybody be, uh, behind him that could actually contribute. So, um, yeah, no, it's the heartbeat of the team. Uh, we gave you and I on our last call gave JBB so much love, but that won't stop. There's a lot of conversation, you know, on uh, a lot of uh, you know, like the NBA radio and you know, the starters and all the guys showing JBB a lot of love and just being like, hey, he's he's neck and neck. Uh, Eddie Johnson on NBA radio was like, I kind of want to give the advantage to JBB over like Taylor, uh, uh, what's his name in Memphis. He's like, right now, I think that's your coach of the year. If, you know, if things stay on the same trajectory. So we got to show him some love for that.
1: Uh, uh, Taylor Jenkins. Taylor Jenkins. Thank you. Yep. Um, Couple, couple things. First of all, the Cavs have, it depends how you feel about the meaning, how meaningful this is, but the Cavs currently have the top uh, differential in the uh, Eastern Conference. Nice. Which is, you know, it depends. I mean, because they've had some serious beatdowns recently. Of teams um but i mean you know if you think that's a meaningful stat then it's then it's a meaningful stat but they do currently have a, the top differential um and they they are doing that um without having scored a hell of a lot of points because sure. they're not like really you know all the way up towards the top of the pack they're, they're just they're they're way they they lead in um Defense by a pretty significant margin right, right. right now. Um, and the big thing is they're only one and a half games out of uh that, out of the number one seed right now. I
2: love that. Like that's so crazy to me. Um I, I'm gonna bring in a couple guys from the board's name. So uh last season and the season before, we had a, a stat guy who was all about advanced metrics. His name is Nathan, Nathan S. Shout out to Nathan. Um mm-hmm but then also this year we've got a stat guy who's putting in some work I want to give a shout out to bimbo bimbo Coles um yep. every time I turn around you know like I, I was I was really pressing him and giving him some shit about um some of his his optimism and stuff but he held firm and he was like back off like I got numbers to <laughs> I got numbers to support where my optimism is coming from mm-hmm. um I'm gonna ask him like hey bimbo like yeah what jiggle just said on on the pod like how does that translate into going into playoff success you know like that point differential and the uh, defensive rating, like how does that translate for teams when they look like this during the season? How, how far does that carry them? Um, and we'll come he, back on the next one and talk about that. He,
1: he did some really nice screenshots of, um, of uh, ice uh, he did. on some things that he he wouldn't get credit for. Um, and he's right. I mean, you, you can see some really smart play from him sure. um, on a lot of the stuff that he doesn't get credit for, which is why I said it's nice seeing him get some of those dunks that man. he can slam
2: down and get some actual credit for. No, the guy's compelling. Like he, yep. uh, <laughs> they need to. We need to get in Gilbert and Kobe's ear and say, "Hey, reach out to this kid. This not yep. kid. He's a grown ass man. Reach out to this guy on the board who's been keeping us all informed." So uh, shout out to Bimbo. Um, also, uh, show the love to Wham with the right hand, man, this dude Knightley, has been doing his game, uh, his breakdowns and stuff. And he, he does a pretty good job of pulling in the stats and he's just like, look, let's just look at the numbers and let's, you know, let's stay even keel here. So shout out to Wham. So, um, yeah, no, I I love it. One and a half out. I can't for the life of me. I did not see this team being, being right here with who, who No, no. We got Chicago coming in tonight, and we're literally right behind them. Uh, they're they're up on us by three losses right now, but uh, we're both at twenty seven wins. Um, and the way I've always looked at standings, I'm looking at losses because losses you can't make up. Um, Correct. They've got some they got some issues and some injuries and stuff. They they're still trying to get Caruso back. They have lost Levine for a little bit of time. Um, Vooch has been killing them all year so I'm, I'm I, I almost want to knock on some wood because we're going you know to play them tonight and it's just my look I'm Vooch is gonna try to turn the clock back and look like Z or something mm-hmm. yeah um, but we got them in our sights and we're a game and a half behind them I know there's a big cluster you know Chicago Cleveland Milwaukee crazy uh, how close Brooklyn. all these teams man it's are. so crazy
1: but this is like when uh the, the West the Western conference back in the early two thousands always man. used to be like every team was over fifty wins and they'd all finish within like five games of each other.
2: Maybe the top six or seven seeds, you you literally couldn't make your uh your playoff bracket until the last yep. day of the season. I yep. love that.
1: Yep. Um, Mike Brown has coached the Cavs twice. Unfortunately. Where is Mike Brown now?
2: Mike Brown is in the second chair over from Steve Kerr in Golden State. He's been there, you know, throughout the whole rivalry. He was there the entire time. So I I think he started at Golden State maybe 13 or 14. And he's been sitting next to him spitting in that cup since – do we know the story behind the spit cup? I feel like
1: I, I feel like I heard this at some point and was grossed out by it. and Didn't want to know all the details. Yeah, we
2: could pull in max. I'm sure max would have the story for us. Cause max used to talk me down on some of my Brown. Hey, I used to hate Mike Brown man. It was not like, uh, I did not appreciate this dude wasting some LeBron years. So, um, Max He's used saying- to, he used to talk me off the ledge all the time. He would inbox me and be like, you're not all the way wrong, but you know, chill out. Like, don't kill him. The, the thing about Mike that
1: I think everybody probably agreed on was that, and, and I, I'm, I, you know, you tell me what you think. It felt like Mike Brown's strategy in between the games was acceptable, man. But like in, like inside the game, he would just get worked, man. Like, like possession to possession, quarter to quarter, they just get worked. I mean, because there was always a talent gap. In those series, like, you know, whether you're playing Boston or the magic, I mean, they were, they were playing against teams that were, you know, uh, um, they, there was nobody like the warriors. Then, uh, sure. the Celtics were damn good. The magic that they played were damn good. Um, they weren't as good as the warriors. They were beatable in my opinion, with the Cavs. but he just, he just, his adjustments were
2: just awful in Man. game. Uh, let me, yes. Um, of course, and I don't. I don't mean to uh, anybody's trauma from this series. That 2009 Magic series, the we digging Eastern, up wounds, Eastern Conference Finals against the Magic. Stan Van Gundy spanked that coach. I was like, oh, yeah. like I was, and it was. It wasn't the in between game adjustments because we would have something that you were like, okay, we're starting off with this. I see it, you know, but then. As soon as Stan Van Gundy started moving around the chess pieces during the game, yeah, for Alston, good lord, man, Uh, (laughs) like circle loop, oh, like and it was it was X's and O's, but it was also rotation. Like there was he pressed every button the right way in that series. I was like, while I was watching that series jig, I was like, there is no way in hell he can come, like he can step foot back in uh, Independence next season after this, and. Sure enough, like as soon as we came back for that okay. next year, like from the very start, Brown was like, "Whatever!" Like, and it by it was by like the grace of something that we even became a second round team that year because he got so badly out coached in that series on a game to game basis. I agree with you though; you could see it during the season. He, you'd be like, "Oh man, this is frustrating me," and then the very next start to the game, you would see he made uh, you know, remember he used to have that flash card. And he had his hard rotation on yep. that guard. And you're like, yep. we don't have to see our renewable right here. We don't have to see Devin <laughs> Brown. Like, what are we doing?
1: That's what I mean. Like, game to game, he did okay. Like, man. he had his plan. You know, it's like if you're watching the Browns, it's like they're scripted plays. It's like, oh, we're, we're fine here. But then it's like, man, once it came to in-game, adjustments it was just he'd get he he got worked pretty consistently that orlando series is the one where it was just oh. it, it was so it was so bad it, it was just so bad because you'd see Rafer alston ripping it up and then you'd see Turkaloo, and then and then he's just passing the ball over everybody's head and
2: i'm talking about there was some of those white. guys some of those guys were straight trash but they knew that they their coach was putting them in a position and they was no. like let's go you know i, th- I think Orlando Couldn't might get have had, the right guys out to defend man, them. Like, I think they had like Anthony Johnson, like that. Petrus. Old they had some, Oh my God. You just said that name.
1: Petrus was going nuts. Dwight like, Howard was getting fouled in all the wrong spots and ugh. hitting all of his free throws, which sucked because you, you know, you, you wouldn't anticipate that Howard would shoot like close to 70%, which I think I want to say he was shooting like
2: pretty close to 70%. It was so clear like that. It, it, we are gonna stop doing this because I'm actually starting. To, I'm starting to shake. It was so need clear to that you like some EMDR or something. <laughs> like, please stop doubling him. Like, what are we doing? Like, we we can see this. Everybody else in the gym can see it. What is happening here? And Stefan Gundy was over there with his short arm, uh, his suit arm. They're always like halfway up his arm. I don't know if he just got them tailored that way or what. But he rolled. Like, no, that's the thing. Up. They were tailored that way. So like, anytime he folded his arms, they were like at his elbow, and I'll be like, How? what is. What is Stan Van Gundy
1: Gundy and (laughs) Jeff Van Gundy brothers?
2: So uh, since we're giving him some crap, I actually want to show him some love. Yes. Aesthetically, they don't look anything alike. So I I guess Stan ate all Jeff's food right at the table. But then (laughs) he just had a tweet recently where he was like, hey, fans. And he's always been a truth teller, Stan Van Gundy. But he had a tweet where he's like, hey, fans, what the hell are we doing? like why is Kyrie Irving getting more votes than Darius Garland I was like yes I did like that cuz the fan vote is so useless <laughs> so stupid He's like what it's are just, we what are we doing here guys like really
1: It's as dumb as the um the um uh baseball Hall of Fame votes the way that I
2: those agree are done. I agree and he was right I did I did see that and I agree with him 100% 100 And there's been a couple things where he just speaks up and you like holy shit I can't believe just like what happened this morning where Darius Garland said, we don't want to do it with LeBron. And I was like, thank you so much for saying that Stan Van Gundy probably has a, you know, a few times a week where he'll either on, he's on NBA TV all the time. And I, if he's talking, I, t- I turn the volume up. Cause I'm like, he's about to say something he shouldn't say. And I guarantee you, he's probably outcast around the league for being just brutally honest. Um, but I really appreciate it about him. I knew him and Griffin were not going to work in new Orleans because david griffin is like the master seller who says nothing and stan van gundy does not polish up anything he says so neither does jeff no jeff does not either (laughs) jeff jeff and stan are both very outspoken
1: (laughs) jeff jeff well although jeff clearly takes i feel like mid game he'll like take positions that he clearly doesn't believe just so he can
2: Dig up. his way out of
1: them. Yeah. yeah, I think I, he likes to take weird positions and then and then
2: defend them. So, are you saying that you're the Jeff Van Gundy of the board? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> <today>? <laughs> I can't, there's,
1: I can't, I can't acknowledge that one way or the other.
2: There's times where uh, Jeff Van Gundy will pause, and you'll hear this awkward pause on the broadcast. Just like call Mark Jackson out for saying something stupid, and I'll be like, yes. I love. <laughs> that's the game within the game. I love the way that he goes at Breen and Mark Jackson. On live, on air, like that, he should he should probably be the highest paid of that trio.
1: And I, then he gets into that tone of voice where it's just very <laughs> clear that he's he's kind of thought him, he's thought his position out. You know, and then he's criticizing the players. I <laughs> I, I, enjoy, I enjoy Jeff. I do. I, I like I like Jeff Van Gun. He's been around a long time too.
2: He's been on a mic for a long time. Like it's crazy if yeah. you. He's almost not coached for twenty years. I mean, I know he he did some work <laughs> with the. He, he did some work. He did some work with the uh, the under eighteen or whatever it was U.S. Olympic team a uh, summer ago or so. Do you remember Jeff Van Gundy's big moment as a coach on a uh, morning's ankle? Or was it morning? Yeah, or? <laughs> that's yeah. what I always remember.
1: Before. I'll never forget that. And I think he knows that too. I think he knows everybody remembers him for
2: you, like them. dude. You can't do that as the head coach. He was he was a head coach, I believe, <laughs> in that series. It was him versus Riley. And the you know uh, where's my book at? It just- who would you who would you rather be if you if you pick? Would you rather be Woody
1: Hayes choking the player on the sideline, or <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy known for hanging on to the player's leg forever, living in infamy? Absolutely, Jeff Van Gundy. Um, you want to be the guy hanging on rather than the guy yeah. committing the violence. Well, act.
2: for multiple for a lot of reasons. One, he's a tiny guy, and. There's no way he was going to stop that from happening, whatever. I think he was on Ewing's leg. I don't know. Um, morning. I think it was morning. It was morning. Um, or Mason. I, that's the thing though. So they're all trees to a regular guy like you and I, he, Jeff Van Gundy might be like five, eight, five, nine Woody. On the other hand, it, there's, there's this, even though it's a college, you know, he's no. a, a adult. We still look at them as kids. You know what I'm saying? So, Oh yeah. Um, and this was the 70s where, uh, you know, the media cycle, he got killed for like years after that, you know, like to. Uh, so, yeah, no. Jeff talking Van about Gunney, Woody. You yes. talking about Woody or Van Gunney? Absolutely Woody. Uh, I could not do what Woody did because that uh, they said. Because that was kids. Yeah, that was kids. The media cycle back then, it was all over everywhere for like weeks. Um, where we're at now, like uh, you can run out on the court ass naked as a coach. And I think the <laughs> next day or so, they're going to totally forget it. So,
1: just because there's so <laughs> many, I, I I read you it. Yeah. Cause there's just going to be so many other yeah. stories that are going to overwhelm it. And, and they're grown men. So it's embarrassing to be Jeff Van Gundy, but they're adults. Well, and
2: it, it's embarrassing to us, right? Cause we're like, we got our ego and, and this male machismo. But actually, I think he's beloved in New York. N- not, Is he? Yeah. He took him to the finals that one year, but. I think he's beloved in New York because he is such a straight shooter and he was all of those things. Like they, That is very New York. Yeah. Um. Really quickly, because uh, I mentioned this so much and it just got delivered today. Um, Blood in the Garden, the flagrant history of the 1990s New York Knicks. Um, is, it's a, oh, a, we're right on topic. Yep. It's a book by Chris Herring and he's making his, his media circuit over the last few days. But I pre-ordered it about a month ago. I was like, I can't wait for that to come out. You know, the Knicks have always been... Uh, me and our guest, that's going to be coming on a little bit in Booby, we trust. We we both, you know, talk about and love us some Knicks. I mean, there's also another guy on the board. I want to say like AC is king or something like that. I don't know, but there's another Knicks fan that's on the on the board that, that is like that's their secondary or third team that we talk about all the time. So
1: you know, I gotta say, looking back at Jeff Van Gundy's record as a coach. You want to look at somebody who had an overall pretty successful record as Man, a coach? Yes. Look at Jeff Van Gundy. I mean, I'm I'm looking at lost in conference semis, lost in conference semis, lost yeah. in conference semis, lost in NBA finals, lost in conference finals, lost in first round, then he resigned as the New York coach. Sure. Then with Houston, lost in first round. So, I mean, lost in first round. He only missed the playoffs once. Here's then the- he lost in the first round. Dude made the playoffs literally all but um 2 years of his career. And then you know you figure he lost in the first round every year with Houston, which sucks. But I mean the
2: dude made the playoffs. Right. The funny thing about that, think, uh, yeah, no, show JVG some love. I am. Both JVG and SVG are in game tacticians. Like right? they like, they can squeeze a, a dollar out of a quarter. Like they, w- if you give them uh, a roster, they are gonna be ready to compete with you most nights. And so if you think back on some of those Houston teams, you know, he had some trash that he, you know, he had Yao, he had T-Mac, and then he always found a way to work that third guy in as a garbage guy. So like, you know, before they got our test, it was Chuck Hayes or, you know, whoever that was doing the dirty work. And then um, other than that, they would usually have like a terrible rest of the roster, but everybody's role was defined and they knew how to play it, you know? Yeah. Um but if you look at some of those rosters, the Knicks, uh, yeah. and yeah, the Rockets, them. Yeah, yeah. No, he 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 got the most that he could out of those. Who who that's actually coaching in the league right now? Would you probably like um, draw a parallel to JVG's? Uh,
1: that's like kind of a tactician, and that's gotten a lot more out of their roster than man. They fire guys so fast. Man, they now. do. <laughs>
2: you like wait? Uh, he's not even there anymore.
1: It's a different era, man. Who's who's even been around for, like, five or six years now without getting fired? Uh,
2: I, 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 has Adelman been around that long? No, Adelman is retired. He's retired? Yeah. Yeah. But, no, no, he was. Yeah, he went from Portland to Sacramento, and both places he was there for, like, 10 or 15 years. Um, he's, I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame as of, like, a year or two. Yeah, ago. he would I be. Um, man, I, is, is there... I'm trying to think. Okay, so hmm, I guess the closest comp to a Jeff Van, you can't say Quinn Snyder because um, what keeps happening with Utah is they they're locked into one way of playing. Like they're they're like, hey, we got this defensive guy, but we want to run and shoot threes, right? Um, it's almost like uh, Mike D'Antoni, but they've got a great defensive player. So I, uh, spolstra? Yeah, there you go. Money. Good spolstra. call. Probably Spolstra. And, and Spolstra came up under uh, SVG. You know, he started he, off. He started off go. while Riley was there. But uh, there you go. I'm sorry, he started off as a video guy under Riley. Then Stan took over, and when Riley fired Stan and took them to the finals and stuff, that's when Spolstra actually came over to the bench. Yeah, so he's I think got, that's your guy. Yeah, he's got some SVG in his in his in his. uh I think that's tree. your guy.
1: He he's he fortunate in that he took over like a superstar team when he first started out, but he has consistently overachieved with yep. his team
2: since then. I mean, like really, really
1: overachieved.
2: Yep. And they, they, both of these guys, you know, Jeff Van Gundy, Stan Van Gundy, um, Spolster, they're all coming from that Riley tree. And I don't, I hate showing Riley too much love, but, uh, he, that's Jack what Park. he did. That's how he played. He just was on the floor, scrappy, um, doing whatever it took. And then he made sure he imparted that into his teams and took on that. And that's what Jeff Van Gundy teams were known for. So I'm I'm so glad that we zagged. I did not see JVB being the catalyst of that, but Hey, let's go. I love it.
1: I think, um, marketing is interesting. Uh, people were complaining about him having a slump. I mean, he wasn't like slumping that yeah, bad. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's an interesting guy because he, um, I love seeing when he runs into the lane and just absolutely crushes guys cuz it happens every he, once in a while. He'll baptize
2: guys every once in a while.
1: He will, but he's a he's a reasonable shooter. I bet he shoots like 35 or 36% from 3 or something. Maybe even a little bit better than that. So he's got some size.
2: Here's here's one Smart. of the th- Yeah, no. Here's one of the things that I love about Garland being the leader of this team. Um during that interview, he had a segment with Shams where he started off, he was like Shams was like, what did you learn as a, that helped you become such the leader on the floor that you are right now? Like, what did you, those first two years you didn't do it. Now you're doing it. He was like, uh, this, you know, this summer, what I did with the Olympics. And then he was like, as soon as I saw that we got, you know, Lowry, he used to kill us. And I was like, we got, we gotta, we gotta feed that guy. We gotta get that guy going. Like, I was like, yes. Like this dude is talking like Steve Nash. Like I swear to God, like Mm -hmm. he, he sees the game like as a floor general, the way yep. he approached it, he was like, "If I can get that guy started and going, we're gonna be a problem." Like, mm-hmm. I love that he said that, and it's true. Like, we we don't want to tip our hat and be predictable, but if we can get Lowry going early, we're almost we're we're dangerous, you know. Like, because his confidence wanes, it waxes and wanes based off of his last shot that he took at times. But when LeBron, he's, go ahead, go ahead. When he's feeling good about himself. And like what you said, like he, like he gets a head of steam from the perimeter or whatever, do some damage. Go ahead. What are you about to say?
1: LeBron Cavs always used to do that with Big Z. Yeah, they did. They'd always try to get him going <laughs> early. Remember?
2: Yeah, they did. It was like
1: the first five possessions were always trying to get that weird, like hurricane,
2: tornado, spin hook going. And that's why and that's why Pip used to absolutely hate him. Because he's yep. like, how are going to come out with the first possession every time and feed, you know, Mr. Rogers down there? And then, <laughs> It's, it was something that um, get <laughs> he do that slow dribble, <laughs> and he would do that. You sky. knew what he was doing, but it was almost unstoppable, man. It was. It even did. Do you sky. remember uh, the early, the late eighties when Cap when uh, Kareem was barely getting up and down the court, but every f- first two or so possessions, Riley would be like feed the captain, you know, yeah. because yeah. they knew they were going to need him to give effort on D, but if you got to feed him early. Um, I'll even go a little bit further back than that. Uh, when John, when Lucas was coaching us and we had uh, uh Darius miles, Ricky Davis, all these guys were out there running around just doing crazy shit uh. for themselves. There's a period of time there where he was like, feed Mims, feed them, you know, like just give it to Chris, yeah. give it to him. Talk about feeding Chris mem. And then, you know, Jop would come off the bench and he'd be like, you know, like Jop. do something to get this guy going, get him alive, You because he was a former point guard and he knew he needed his big guy to play for him. Lucas would be over there losing the voice he didn't have anymore. And so you appreciate it when a point guard like Darius Garland is such a throwback for general that he's like, I got to get Lowry going. Like, I appreciate that a lot.
1: Oh, I love that. I, I that's, that's just smart
2: basketball. Straight up. Uh, Lu- Lucas is coaching currently, right? He is. He's babysitting. Um, uh, our, our good guy KPJ. He's personally babysitting him. That's right, that's him. Yeah, and he, he had to spank him through the media a couple weeks ago. But That uh, was him. That's right. I think that was he's, John Lucas. He's got him playing good in the sandbox all KPJ, over again. man. What a weird story.
1: <laughs> he's like KPJ is a guy that would have fit
2: in very well in the ABA. He's like uh, an AB he's like an ABA superstar. He's totally ABA guy he's totally the back when those games were 160 to one you know 159 what determined if you were going to win or not was whether or not your star was high that night yes he would (laughs)
1: whether whether they were high and whether they were just like a completely wacky personality and if they could just like just run the ball up and down and just make crazy ass plays and that's KPJ and he's just got that weird ass personality
2: have you ever read that Terry Pluto book? The, uh, I have. Yeah.
1: I have. And oh, I love man. it. I love that book so much. Man. Oh, no. It, it's, it came up in my email. I'm sending you like a total boomer move. I'm taking a picture of my
2: computer. <laughs> we didn't actually talk about at all how you feel about this trade deadline and uh, whether or not we should definitely make they a move. We should make here. a move? Yeah. With where the team uh, is currently structured.
1: It, it would take something pretty serious for me to want them to make a move. I mean, yeah. like <clears throat> I'm really curious to see how they'd look with Sexton in there. I, I want them to try Sexton yeah. back
2: before I introduce boobs. I am the total opposite of that. I'm like, it would be so you don't weird. even want to try it. No, no, it would be irresponsible if we didn't do something. It would be irresponsible if we didn't try to shore this thing up because it's right I there know. for us. Uh, what do you want to try though? Yeah, so that's where we're going to pull in our brother right here. Um, we're lucky enough, uh, he made the sacrifice of his time, and we were able to tie him down to pull in in Booby Wood Trust, friend of the show. How you doing today, Booby?
3: What's going on, guys? Doing pretty good. How are you guys doing?
2: Doing pretty doing nice. well. Can you hear Jig now? Can you hear him this time?
3: I can. I can.
2: <laughs> What's up, dude? What's going on? He's got this graphic. He's got a Winnebago in his background. I don't know why he switched it over when you came on. I don't know what that. That
1: man, yeah, it didn't have anything to do with uh <laughs> timing or anything like that. I just got bored of my previous background.
2: So, uh, really quickly, booby, last time we had you on, everybody on the board is like, Why didn't you like get some good meat from him? And I was like, Yeah, that's not what we're gonna do, but uh, we do appreciate him and <laughs> make it possible for him to share whatever he feels like sharing. Um, all show, we've been talking about you know, Darius Garland's coronation, taking the lead, and everything. And we just recently switched over, talking a little uh, potential trade and the theory behind whether we should make a move or not. How are you feeling about that at this moment?
3: Um, I think I'm feeling a little bit different than the way the Cavs are feeling. Um, I think the Cavs are aggressive, are planning on being aggressive. Um, I think they feel like they have the assets to make a splash Um, while I think this year's house money and we should hold on to our draft picks. um, Personally, the Cavs are one of the most aggressive teams in the market right now. Um, The seller's market is actually starting to open up as you see more and more teams start to fall off. And the closer you get to that deadline, more and more teams have that realization that maybe, you know, this might be the time to go fetch some assets for whatever guy you want to get rid of. Um, I've heard names pop up that I really, like I said, like I just heard Josh Hart's name pop up um, just the other day and I had not heard he was available until just last week. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. I think the Cavs would be at best press. Maybe doing something with, you know, Rubio's contract. I I get you have to move it. It's an opportunity you really can't afford to miss right now. But um, I really wouldn't be too ecstatic, depending on who you get back, of course, too ecstatic upon trading more than maybe that you stood second. Oh, wow. um, Going after a guy like Eric Gordon.
2: So uh, I appreciate, thank you for that. Um, Jig, you and Jig are, are of the like mind. And then I'm the guy that's on the other yep. side of this. I'm the guy that's like, uh, I saw this report this morning, boobs, where they said basically uh, some of the teams are hearing that Kevin Love and Okoro uh, are not readily available. And I'm like, ah, you know, I, I love Love. I love where we're at. I love Okoro's quads and everything. But I'm actually of the mind that if we can, you know, I, I believe that there's three guys on that squad that should not even consider moving for like anything less than like one or two guys, but I don't even think they should move. Um, Which ones? Uh, you we're talking about DG Mobley and I love Allen. Alan. Alan. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but other than that, I'm like, if we can set this table boobs, um, where we can, you know, hit four or five years of contention. If we get the right guy plugged in to add to that trio, I'm okay with taking a shot at it right now. And you're like, no, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't we should let this summer play out and see where we're going with all of our bullets and everything.
1: Well, which type of player? Who 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 are you guys? Who who would you guys be open to? Like what kind of player? What position, what level of player? Right. Who are we thinking for either one of you? what would you take?
3: Um See, that's the problem, what player? Cuz what player is going to come available, you never really know. The league changes so fast. It does. Yeah. Nowadays. Yep. And um, I don't know what kind of players are really available now that are going to make us demonstrably better than we are now. Um, They might give us a better shot in a playoff series, but I don't think they're going to meaningfully raise our ceiling. Um,
2: I'll say this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, on our last show, me and Damage, Damage did some great homework, boobs. I don't know if you heard it or not. But he laid out these tiers of of guys and what it might – Uh, cost to to go after him. In the lower tier, he was talking about, you know, like, oh, this guy could be a buyout, so we might add him. In that second tier, he was like, oh, now we're talking potentially protected first round pick that Houston and, you know, the Rubio stuff. And in that third tier, he was like, yo, you know, like if we've got to, you know, throw a couple, you know, a little bit of meat on the table in order to get these kind of guys. And I'll just give you the so that top tier. He was talking about guys like Murray, Dejounte Murray from San. Like those guys are like the timeline for their age lineup, but it might cost more to acquire. That second tier, he was talking about the uh, tertiary guys, the guys around the you know like the Lonnie Walkers or the whatever. But then that last tier, he was you know, and uh, Eric Gordon was in that second tier as well, uh, Booby. But then that last tier was the buyout candidates like the Goran Dragic and stuff like that like, are you, where do you two guys fall in those three tiers? Or It sounds like what I'm hearing from both of you is that last tier is as much as you're willing to rock the boat for this season right
3: here. It would depend on what it took to get the mid-tier done. Okay. I don't think that Jontay Murray is going to be available for anything the Cavs would be willing to trade. I agree. Um, I, I mean, he's good. I would let you know, he's the type of guy, yeah, if he comes if he becomes available, then yeah, you you make the move, but um, that's where I'm worried about this year's market overall. I also think there's kind of a um, you know, what's going to happen with Ben Simmons, uh, and what's going to happen with the with you know the Ben Simmons, the Trailblazers and the Kings, yep. um, with their guys like Fox and McCollum, um, those are what you know if the right move, if the right domino falls there, you know. Things could change, but as of right now, I am—I'm pretty locked in on the draft, and I'm pretty locked into you know using our potential flexibility this summer to just take the best shot we have one more time, one more rookie um, to fill the spot we need to fill in a strong draft full
2: of wings. Man, this draft—From what I see right now, this draft is strong all over. Um, yeah, I, I love this because we're talking theory uh, enough theory that we can keep booby high, you know, in the clouds. He doesn't have to incriminate too much. There are <laughs> there are guys on the board. that's like, hey, no, like you don't you don't you don't piss away a season at all. Like, you know, one bird in the hand or whatever that stupid analogy thing is bird in the hand yeah. is worth two in the bush. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm somewhere in between there. Another team I'd like to add to your list boobs. And I wonder if there's anybody there that you peaked at is Orlando. Um, Cause I believe all those guys that I think there's like three or four names that could potentially um, actually crack our rotation. All those guys are like that third tier in, in regard to what it would cost to acquire them.
3: Sure. Um, well, just John Hammond, the guy really in charge over there loves mid first round picks. Right. Uh-huh. So um, you could definitely get something done in Orlando, but uh, um, I'm not sure what, if there's anything that rises to that level, they yeah. do have a lot of interesting young guys and Altman had a very interesting um, kind of feel for this team when he crafted it this summer. So he may have something that none of us are thinking about. Sure. Um, sure. Generally, that's how things start, you know, end up happening. They kind of come out. Sometimes they kind of come out of nowhere. Um, so that's kind of what I'm expecting because Rondo came out of, fucking nowhere it was like, to what? be quite honest with you so. <laughs> right, right yeah right. so i'm kind of expecting something of that ill because i okay. do think they're going to make a trade i would actually uh everything i'm hearing is that the Cavs are um they have deals they can take right now and they obviously are waiting for you know to get the best bang for their buck closer to the deadline sure. and i think they're waiting to see some of those dominoes fall but hey guys it was great talking to you i have to run now.
2: Yeah, yeah. no, we appreciate you, brother. Thank you for your time. Yeah, I'll check out the podcast later. (laughs) Y'all have a good one. Thanks, man. Later, bye. (laughs) I wouldn't expect him to give as much as he gave because he was basically like, yeah, he was like, no, these dudes are locked and loaded and they're at the table and I want them to not be loaded at the table. I like that. Uh, We expect Gilbert to be, you know, an aggressive kind of guy. It's like, let's capitalize on today. And when he put you know, basically put a little assurance in Kobe's pocket as well as JBB. He's like, you know, you guys don't have to worry about your jobs. Let's go, like let's boss to the wallet. I'm down with that. I, but I get where you're coming from and where his trepidation is at. It's like we this is found money. We could, you know, play from a position of all power as opposed to being these desperate mm-hmm. seller, these desperate buyers. So I, mm-hmm. I get it. There's, I'm firmly in that other one, but that's probably just my fanhood talking more than anything else.
1: I can tell you for certain that I have no interest in Ben Simmons. Oh yeah. No, um, no thank you, sir. <laughs> that's a, that's a guarantee um, that I do not, uh, that I do not want him. Um, I right. think that that's like a total blow up move. It just, it just makes absolutely no sense. I, I mean, if, the, if there is a position
2: that I would be looking to fill, it would be um, a wing. Young, young wing to me, young wing, but I damage brought up a I uh, I brought up a name to damage and we both were lock and step in that we were like, nah, that was Eric Gordon. How do you feel about that?
1: Uh, um For for Eric Gordon, he's having a great season. Right. Uh, he's shooting, I think he's like at career highs for everything. Last I checked, right. going crazy. He's right. over 50% field goals, 46 threes, free throws, not great. But um, I'd be interested. Okay. Are you not interested? I'm not, um
2: but not. He's just, a little guy, though. I mean, yeah, he's, he's really, yeah. at this point, he's only a shooter. There's multiple things. There's the contract. There's the age. But then there's also this. You remember when we were trying to move Jordan Clarkson? And, and uh, Beeline or whoever was coaching at the time was just like, just do whatever you want. Like, go out there and just get numbers right now. And he would come on the court. He didn't even think about passing. Like, It, it had nothing to do with contributing to a winning style of play. He would just go out okay. there and get numbers. Um, okay. There's always that little guard that can do that. Like there's the Gordons, the Lou Williams when he was still young, like all these guys, still like Lou. Jamal Crawf- uh, Crawford. Crawford, oh yeah. <laughs> that guy's a pimp. Like don't like. Yes, uh, no. I'm not criticizing. I'm just <laughs> pointing out. <laughs> there's uh, all there's always that young, I'm not young. There's always that smaller volume guy okay. who if you don't ask him to you know like if we wanted sexton to just go out there and do it he can give us 30 you know like on some efficient numbers and so it's just kind of like ah to me when does sexton come available again we mean to play or yeah to play to play uh, next season Uh, okay so he's not uh, around this season they said for the betterment of his career they will not let him i don't care what you know fine because you know this kid is like a bionic man or something. And then I'm already seeing clips where he's like working out without any. I did see that. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like slow down, you know? So like, do
1: you, do you, are you just basically saying that you think Eric Gordon would come out there and just not play team basketball? Like you think he'd just come out there and um, just
2: shoot low percentage shots? I'm saying that uh, what you and Booby talked about, that he would be the extreme antithesis of that. And that is, let's not waste all uh, our, our bullets to bring in a guy who doesn't line up with this um, timeline or this uh, salary cap just for this season. And that's what he looks like to me. Okay. Yeah. So,
1: so I, I also see this season is found money, but, but to an extent I wonder if it's not only found money, but I wonder if you've also got something that's kind of sustainable Now, now hear me out here for a second. Sure. Here's a guy that's not going to be sustainable. I don't think Love's success is going to be sustainable. All right. I think Love is going to get injured again at some point. I think it's realistic to suspect that Love is having, he he was playing a little bit over his head, not because he's not this good. He is this good. But I think he's going to get hurt again at some point. I'm,
2: you don't, you, if you can see me right now, I'm holding keys back because he's put on his brass knuckles and he's probably
1: (laughs) probably um love is a fantastic player i love love but i I just he's gonna get hurt at some point i I love love history's on the side of injury for love sure um
2: that may not be sustainable you're right
1: you're right but but um you know and and for rondo I, i don't suspect that we can really expect much out of him um you you really can't expect much out of um, Back the backup guard situation for the Cavs. I think if you could fill in something there, the more that I think about it, that would be a great spot to get some um, to get some backup for the Cavs. If there was somebody available in that area, I think that might be something you could look at. Sure, there's a lot of Is talk.
2: It, um, we mentioned Hart. There's a lot of talk about New Orleans from the standpoint of they've got their sellers, obviously. They, they if they don't know it they yeah. uh, they've got to know it. Um, they're sellers and there's a lot of guys. There's um, Garrett Temple. There's a lot of guys that are actually like expiring or on their last whatever.
1: Art kind of plays all over the place. Yeah, heart
2: is all over the place. Yeah, and and they've you know uh, they've also got some younger guys there too. I would like to keep on the phone with them, Portland, and Orlando. Um and. And keep you know burning the midnight oil as Kobe's whispering in whoever's ear, Hammond and whoever Griffin. Um, but it's exciting times. So uh, last thing, we're gonna wrap this thing up, Jig. We got these Chicago Bulls tonight. Um, yeah, we are a couple games behind them, as we said earlier, and they're limping around. Uh, how do you see and what are you hoping? Um, of course, you hope we win, but how do you see this playing out? Like, cause it to me, it looks like the Bulls are actually coming back down to earth. Um, we talked earlier about the Knicks in the 90s and all that kind of stuff and how much we love it, and uh, the Bulls had been operating with that. They had been using DeRozan to his mid-range maximum while balancing things out with DeRozan, I mean, with uh, Levine and Vooch spreading the floor. But they've, they've come crashing back down to earth a little bit, not all because of injury either. Um, how you feeling about this walking in here with these Bulls tonight?
1: I tell you what, man, you, you find me in the brown section – during the regular season, you can catch me predicting losses all the time. <laughs> you can miss me with a Cavs loss prediction <laughs> this year.
2: You say you're not you're not you ain't answering that bill. Like you, you
1: I'm not I'm not going optimistic. With Cavs, Cavs loss predictions this year. I'm I'm not on the side of uh of losses. So with all that said, I'm going Cavs.
2: Yes, sir. One oh six, Bulls one oh two. You heard it here first. Cavs one oh six, bulls one oh two. They're gonna cl- pull it out in a close one. Is that is that what I'm hearing? you gonna get absolutely some, a close one. Some uh, absolutely some game changing plays at the end there by Isaac Acoro's quads and some uh, some Garland setting the table is what you're expecting. Isaac
1: Isaac Okoro is gonna gonna get in there and he's gonna he's gonna burn. He's gonna use that burn, right? Uh, to ice.
2: DeMar DeRozan. actually uh, nice, well played, poetic too. I actually he he owes us. If he ends up matched up with DeRozan, because DeRozan's burned him a little bit. And so Coral's got to show a little growth, you know, because last year, during his rookie year, there was a stretch where he got burned in in back-to-back-to-back games by DeRozan and San Antonio, Paul George and LeBron, and it was uh, Spurs, then Lakers, then Clippers. And I was just like, oh my goodness, like this kid, he's a little too short. So he owes us. He's got to show some growth in his matchup with DeRozan. So let's uh that's the game within the game I'm gonna be watching for tonight.
1: I wanna say real quick, just since you mentioned that, DeRozan has had one of the cooler career arcs that I've ever seen. Right. Um, just in that he's just the start of his career was kind of unimpressive. Dude couldn't shoot a three to save his life. Could not. Um, you know, you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I'm not gonna say the dude was like disappointing, but like he took a few years to make an all-star game. Right. And he just kind of had this gradual climb. And then he started. He just started kind of dabbling in threes a little bit. Um, he's shooting a career high out in three point range right now, and um, the dude can score. The dudes can, can score. score. Right? The, the dude. The dude's more efficient than usual. He did dial back the uh, threes a little bit, but um, he can shoot. I like DeRozan. Yeah. I think he's a lot of fun. Uh,
2: not tonight. Let's shut him down. I, I agree with you. Absolutely. <laughs> not absolutely. Not tonight. Let's shut him I, down. But that is that's that's accurate. Show, show Shut to him down tonight. Yeah, show but to Rosen I like DeRozan. Less. I think he's fun. I think he's a fun player. All right. Well, we're back on the sad, we're back in the saddle. We're turning these out. We're cooking here. My brother Jig carried me today. Thank you for that. Our special guest on the call in stepped out of his. Uh, he's like Shams. He stepped out of his uh, his his office and gave us a little insight and booby we trust. We appreciate that. Yeah. Enjoy the game tonight, fellas. Rubber rim job. Episode six. Signing off. Rich and Jig.
3: This is Joe Tate. Have a good night, everybody.